This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Neon is usually this colorless, odorless gas, not usually very exciting unless you're seeing it in a sign, but it turns out it actually plays a critical role in making the tech that we use every day. That's Recode's Rebecca Heilwell. I'm Ronnie Mola, and today we're talking neon. When you're making the computer chips that power all this tech, your phone, your computer, anything like that, neon plays a role in powering and controlling these specialized lasers that basically etch out the tiny little circuits that are inside those chips. So it's really, really important, even if we don't think about it that much. And we're running low on neon. Why is that happening? As it turns out, about half of the neon gas that is used to make these computer chips is usually made in Ukraine, and Ukraine is currently facing a war from Russia. So that has had the effect of disrupting production of neon at two primary firms in Ukraine that have, you know, traditionally supplied neon gas. One is based in Maripol, which uh, is a city in Ukraine that has been repeatedly bombed by Russian forces and is currently under siege. Uh, The other one is based in Odessa, where citizens have been sort of anticipating an attack by Russia. So obviously facing these attacks by Russian forces, these companies decided very understandably to stop production. So that's where we are right now. So does that mean we're going to run out of neon? And what do we do when that happens? Without neon, companies generally won't be able to make semiconductors and these chips that are really, really important for all sorts of tech, everything from, you know, just your computer, but also medical devices and really anything that relies on a computer chip. And we were already having a shortage with semiconductors before this, right? Right. Yes, there was already a shortage of semiconductor chips because of the pandemic and all those delays. Now there's going to be this added component there as well. So like we've seen for the past two years, we should expect deliveries of technology to be delayed. Things could cost more and there could be shortages of critical technology. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen in Ukraine right now. So we don't know what's going to happen with these two factories. But it does take some time to develop new facilities that can make this type of semiconductor-grade neon. And right now, chip companies and industry analysts think that there's anywhere between one and six months worth of this neon gas in reserves. So you said Ukraine is a major supplier of neon, but it's not the only supplier. Are there any other places we could turn to while Ukraine is under siege? It's important to keep in mind that neon itself isn't so easy to get. It's actually taken out from the air, but there's not that much neon in air. So you need lots and lots of air that you have to distill into liquid form to capture neon. This means that we are generally reliant on factories that already have this type of technology in place for other reasons to make it cost effective to actually make neon. Often these are steel plants and, you know, they've tended to pop up in countries that were formerly in the Soviet Union or currently in Russia. 
There are other plants that can make neon. There are some in China. There's some in the United States. But even then, we've seen prices surging in China, and there doesn't seem to be enough capacity outside of Ukraine, which again, traditionally made about half of the semiconductor grade neon in the world to just replace that in just a few months. Is there a plan to navigate the shortage and maybe minimize the fallout? Even before the invasion happened, the White House, which has been paying really close attention to the semiconductor shortage, told chipmakers to start looking for other sources of neon. So if they weren't already thinking about it already, there was a little bit of a, hey, you should be paying attention to this. Companies have also been stockpiling the neon that they do have in anticipation of this happening. So that's another thing that they can turn to in the past. They've also recycled neon or adjusted the lasers that they're using to make that neon last a little longer. So there are some very short-term solutions. The big trade group that represents U.S. chip makers has claimed there won't be immediate supply disruption risks in the U.S. due to this war. But, you know, again, we don't know how long this is going to go on. Uh, we've already seen prices of neon rising in China. We could see there being much higher prices on neon even further than that and potentially neon even running out. So we have a humanitarian crisis going on with war. We also have this global supply chain crisis. I'm assuming we're going to need some long term solutions as well. Even before uh, Russia's invasion, there has been concern about uh, Ukraine being such a large supplier. When Russia annexed the Crimean Peninsula in 2014, companies responded by looking to new sources of neon as the price went up then. So we saw some U.S. steel manufacturers reconfiguring technology. One industrial gas company spent $250 million to build a neon production site in Texas. So I think if this prolongs what we could see as countries already race to build their own domestic semiconductor capabilities, meaning they're building their own chips, as part of that movement, there could also be a movement to you know, produce your own neon and these other gases that are really quite critical to making chips as well and you know, becoming less reliant on a single country like Ukraine. So which countries are getting involved with chip making? This has happened with Japan, China, South Korea, the countries that make up the European Union, and of course, uh, the U.S. as well. So these countries are all planning or have already started investing billions of dollars in building their own factories, their own workforces to build semiconductor chips so that they're not as dependent on a global technology supply chain, which means in the future they won't have to be so worried about shortages. Got it. So we can stockpile neon, we can ration neon, we can recycle it or buy it from other places like China. And a bunch of countries are creating new sources for both neon and semiconductor chips. Is there an end in sight to any of these critical shortages? Unfortunately, not really. Even if we do solve the neon shortage, there are going to be more problems in the future to overcome. So even consider this war right now with Russia invading Ukraine. We are also dependent on this region for palladium, for nickel, for C4F6, which is a gas that's used in chip making. These are all really crucial for a whole world's worth of technology. Right now, they're being impacted by Russia's invasion. Over the past few decades, we've built a system where just a small number of companies, sometimes clustered in just a single country or a few countries, can end up making a component or an ingredient that's used to make an entire world supply of technology. And when something is not going well in one of those places, it can impact the technology that's used 
everywhere. You know, it's really a reminder that the global tech supply chain, at least right now, really feels like a house of cards and generally depends on the world being in a good place. And that doesn't seem to be the world that we're living in right now. Today's episode was produced by Taylor Macon. The mix is by John Ahrens. I'm Ronnie Mola. Thanks for listening.